Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, legends? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. What I'm going to do today is actually do part two of my Instagram stories Q&A, which I posted part one a few weeks back and got a really good response to that episode. I think a lot of people took some value from the questions. Obviously, the questions that I get asked through social media often are questions that most people have. Um, and they're, they're questions that come up a lot. So doing a podcast episode is probably the best way to answer those in a way that's going to help more of you without me replying to each and every single person. Um, but firstly, I just wanted to say a massive thank you for tuning in to the show today. Uh, if it's your first time listening, make sure you go back through and have a look, uh, have a look and a listen to some of the old podcast episodes. If you are a regular listener, Hope you're having a fantastic day. You're a bloody legend. Um, make sure you hit that subscribe button, guys, if you haven't already. All the support is much appreciated. And um, as always, if you enjoy today's episode, please do take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story and tag me if you get something out of the show because um, I think there's going to be another another good bunch of valuable content um, in today's episode. So I actually have not even looked at the questions yet, and I think... Keeping it a little bit more casual with these type of episodes works best um, and makes for a little bit of fun as well. So I have just brought them up on my phone now and um, and let's do it. Let's go through some of these questions. I'll try to keep the episode not too long um, because I don't want to hold you up too long, but I'll, I'll make sure I put in the questions that I reckon are going to be the most beneficial for all of you. So question number one is, what is the difference between training fasted and non-fasted is it meant to do anything now there's a lot of varied opinions on whether or not you should train fasted and whether or not there's any extra benefit especially with cardio doing cardio fasted or fed and i've got a pretty strong opinion on this firstly i think it should come down to your personal preference if you feel like you train better or you feel better doing your training or your cardio fasted first thing in the morning then 100 percent always do that regardless of what the science says if you feel better you feel like you perform better then do that Secondly, in my opinion, if you do cardio first thing in the morning on an empty stomach and, for example, you burn 500 calories and on the other hand, you wake up in the morning, you have a coffee, you have a small meal or maybe you have a big meal and then later in the morning or later in the day, you do cardio and you burn 500 calories, guess what? It's still 500 calories. The result is going to be the same. Now, I know a lot of people listening to this probably don't agree with that, but that is my opinion, and I, I, I'm happy to have a look at some research to show how fasted cardio is any better. I know a lot of people mentally just feel great getting up in the morning, training fasted, and, and getting it out of the way. Um, but in terms of fat loss, I don't think it makes much of a difference at all. That's my opinion. That's what I've always stuck with, and that's what I'll continue to do. Okay, next up. Mm, what is the best way to start training again after not doing it for two to three years? Now, this is um, it's a good question and it doesn't necessarily have to be two to three years. It could be two to three months. It could be a month. Uh, it could even be a few weeks. And, and in my opinion, the best way to start training is to start small, start light. Don't try and overdo it because one, you're very likely going to get an injury and two, uh, you're just going. You're shocking your body too much. Not even shocking your body. You're you're trying to put your body through too much. Um, you, you when you get your learner's permit as a driver, you don't get in 
without anyone else in the car and then start driving, you know, hundreds of kilometers each day. You, you go step by step, you learn the basics again, you take your time, you build up that foundation and you go again. Um, so when it comes to training, oh, that's a shocking example, but <laughs> too far gone, I'm going to keep going. Um, the best way, so when you're getting back into training, I think it's really important to one, figure out how many days per week on a shit week you can 100% go to the gym. So, you know, on a busy week for you, if you can go to the gym, let's say three times, then that's how many days you should start your program out. Don't try and go to the gym six times a week if you know you're barely going to ever make it six times. It's really important to get back into a routine. Take it nice and light for the first few weeks. Work your way back into it. Make sure you're doing all your recovery. Make sure your nutrition is on point and align with whatever your goal is for that training. Um, make sure you've got specific goals in mind and just take it easy. Once you start to feel like you're back into a good routine, then start to bump it up again, obviously, and focus on that progressive overload. But getting back into it, I think my biggest advice is don't try and do it all at once at the start. Work your way back into it. Take your time and make sure you set realistic goals for yourself. What's your response when in the gym someone says, my legs are fine, I don't need to train legs? I say you are just being very, very, very soft or just being ridiculously ignorant because everybody should be training their legs regardless of whether you think you've already got big legs or not. Um, in terms of muscle mass, in terms of energy expenditure, in terms of aesthetics, the way you look, you know, if you're someone that's in the gym training upper body all the time and never train your legs, it looks ridiculous. Um, but in terms of even like lower back pain, strengthening up your glutes and hamstrings is one of the best things that anyone can do in terms of posture um, and obviously athletic performance and, and whatnot. So I would just say you're an idiot if you feel like you don't need to train legs. Next question. What's the benefit of training one single muscle group in a day? For example, training chest on its own. Now, if you've listened to previous episodes, you probably know that I'm actually not a massive fan of that. I think every muscle group should be trained twice per week. Um, and I like to bunch up my, my training sessions into movement groups or movement patterns or upper or lower or push, pull and leg. So a typical program for me would be Monday upper body, Tuesday lower body, Wednesday upper body push. So chest, triceps and delts. Thursday, lower body, Friday, upper body pull. So back, buys, rear delts. So I'm hitting each muscle group twice per week. I'm not following the bro split where you just train one muscle group um, per session once a week and just absolutely smash it. I find that training each muscle group multiple times per week, stimulating those muscle groups multiple times per week in terms of strength, muscle mass, in terms of energy expenditure is far superior. So that's my opinion uh, on those. What should I eat to get thin? Now, this is a, a shocking question, but a great question at the same time. There is no foods that are going to make you lose fat. There's no such thing as fat loss foods. There's no such thing as muscle building foods. There is calories in, there is calories out. There is eating in a calorie deficit for an extended period of time, which is going to help you lose body fat and I guess, you know, quote unquote, get thin. Um, although I think your goal should be to get lean, to have that muscle mass there and to lose the body fat. And there is a calorie surplus where you are eating over your maintenance intake for an extended period of time, which will lead to, if you're training properly, muscle mass, but also a little bit of body fat gain as well, which is okay. Um, but there is nothing in particular that you that you should be eating to lose fat or to get thin. Um, and, and a second part of this question is if someone is vegetarian and, and same rules apply, regardless of whether you're vegetarian, vegan, 
whether you're don't eat carbohydrates, whether, you know, whatever type of, you know, diet you follow, all the same rules apply. If calories in versus calories out, making sure you are, are staying consistent with it and eating aligned with your goals. Next question, is meal timing important slash necessary when starting out with fitness or any in, in regards to just at all, regardless of whether you're starting out or not? I think uh, meal timing is largely irrelevant. I think protein uh, protein allocation throughout the day is important, so trying to evenly spread out your protein throughout your meals. But in times of meal timing, in terms of meal timing, sorry, I don't think it is it has much relevance at all, especially in terms of body composition. If you're eating 2,000 calories over five meals or you're eating 2,000 calories over three meals, it's still 2,000 calories, okay? It's not going to speed up your metabolism if you're eating small meals that are regular. Um, it, it just doesn't work like that. The only time I would say that meal timing is important is if you're an athlete or if you are someone who who really knows their body and tends to train better on you know certain uh, a certain nutrient timing schedule i guess so uh, i'll give you an example when i'm trying to lose body fat and i'm getting leaner i like to make sure that i have uh, a meal high in protein and carbohydrates uh, a couple of hours before i train and i also like to have some fast acting carbohydrates about half an hour before i train Um, and i feel like i perform better that way whereas someone else may find that they perform better on an empty stomach or they may find they perform better off fats before they train so Meal timing, I think, is largely irrelevant. You should be really focused on your calorie intake over the span of the day, over the span of the week, and being consistent with that and fitting your nutrition around your lifestyle and what's going to work best for you. Um, is it true that by doing a lot of deadlifts will make uh, your waist thicker, or is that just a myth? I think that is 100% a myth. Um, if you've seen basically anyone who is in a lean body shape. So I'm not talking about someone like a powerlifter whose body fat percentage might be quite higher or something like that or uh, you know, a strength training athlete who's not too worried about their aesthetics. But if you've seen someone who has uh, cut down and been in a calorie deficit for a fair while trying to get nice and lean and they deadlift regularly, you'll definitely not notice that they have a thick waist. You'll notice that they have very well-developed back, very well-developed glutes, hamstrings, and quads, and an all-round well-developed physique. So I would not be scared of doing deadlifts um, in terms of being worried about getting a thicker waist. Uh, I think that's just ridiculous. How important are macros for weight loss? This is a good question. I've done an episode on this before and I may have even touched on it in the last Q&A, but I think there's a pyramid of importance when it comes to your nutrition. Firstly, it's calories. Uh, that is that is the most important part. And this order, uh, I guess the further we go down the order, the more accurate your results are going to be. So starting at the top is going to be the least accurate or the least uh, predictable. So calories is key. Secondly would be calories and protein. Thirdly would be calories, protein, carbohydrates, and fats. And then fourth would be protein, carbohydrates, fats, micronutrients such as fiber and your calorie intake. So and another question I might pair onto this, which I don't know if it's been asked, but a lot of people do ask this often, is when you're tracking your calories in the MyFitnessPal app, for example, or whatever app you like to use, should you be focused on the calories or the macros? Now, if you're not drinking alcohol that day, then you should always be focused on your macros and not what the calories say on the app because uh, some foods and drinks tend to round up or round down their calorie intake, so it may not match up with what the macros say. But 
your macronutrients are what make up your calorie intake. So let's say, for example, you have, um, I'm going to use the example of 1,700 calories per day and the macro breakdown is, I'm going to do the math really quickly here. Let's say, so protein would be 120 grams, carbohydrates 170 and fats 60, okay? Those macros make up the 1,700. So Theoretically, if you hit those macronutrients or get close enough to them, then you'll be eating 1,700 calories for that day. So regardless of whether your app says you've eaten 1,700 or not, if the macros are on point, then your calories are going to be sweet. That's all you need to worry about. Uh, best exercises to reduce body fat from the legs without bringing without slimming down the rest of your body now a good question you cannot spot reduce body fat so you can't choose where you want to lose body fat from um, you know i used to be you know i used to be one of those guys that did a shit ton of abs i used to just smash my abs every single day uh with heaps of reps it's ridiculous amounts of reps i can't believe i used to do it because i absolutely hate training abs now but I was hoping that the more abs I did, the the leaner they would get, the more shredded my abs would be, and that's just not the case. It comes down to your overall body fat percentage, and each and every single person holds body fat longer or more body fat in certain areas more than other in different areas others than others. So for me, my arms and legs are always pretty lean, regardless of whether I am at a high body fat percentage or a low body fat percentage. Whereas most of my body fat gets stored around my uh, my lower abs and also around my lower back. Um, so when I'm in a calorie deficit, that's probably the last place that the body fat's gonna go from. So if I'm trying to really thin out my, oh, sorry, if I'm trying to really reduce the body fat on my legs, or let's say I'm trying to reduce, reduce the body fat on my abs, I just follow the same process until eventually my body fat is low enough to reveal that shape, to reveal that definition from the muscle mass that I've built. Um, and that's just how it works, unfortunately. Next question. Let's see what else we've got here. Are you meant to be burning more calories than you consume to lose weight? Yes, so calories in versus calories out. If you are expending more energy than you take in, then in theory, if uh, you know a number of other factors are, are in place, then yes, you will lose body fat. Um, that, is, that is a good question. And it, but what I often tell people is that it's as simple as that. It's really not that difficult when you, when you put it into simple terms body fat losing body fat building muscle mass is is extremely simple it's just that we overcomplicate it with the amount of different diets and and different theories out there of how things work but in the end of the day the simple uh methods are always going to work the best you just need to be consistent with them and stop looking for that magic pill or that next that next best thing that you think is going to make it a little bit easier you need to just be willing to suck it up and put in the hard work and, and eat in a calorie deficit and train hard if you want to lose body fat. Eat in a slight calorie surplus and progressively overload and, and be patient if you're trying to build muscle mass. It's really that simple. What do you think about eating meat uh, over being vegetarian? Now, this may be a uh, bit of a touchy touchy subject for vegan, vegetarian, um, for, for whatever. Now, you know, I... You know, like really, really, really respect um, people who choose to not eat meats, or you know, people who are vegan uh, because of the fact that they they care for animals and stuff like that. And if I was to ever become vegan, which I don't see happening, it would be because of that reason. But in terms of health um, benefits or negative effects on your health because of eating it, uh, look, I know there is a lot of research out there to to 
to go for and against on both sides. Um, for me, I just personally enjoy eating meat, and you know I'm not going to keep talking about it because, like I said, I know a lot of people might be listening and and may have the opposite opinion, and that's cool, that's fine. Um, I, you know, hundred uh, percent support people that are that are doing it, but for me, I tend to eat meat, and I think it's fine either way. You can still see fantastic results, and I think there's plenty of examples of that. All right, is uh, for weight loss is cardio a must? If so, how do you find exciting cardio? So two questions there. Firstly, cardio is not necessary to lose body fat. It just comes down to expending more energy than you're taking in, being in a negative energy balance, which can be achieved from expending energy in the gym with with strength training. Um, doesn't have to be cardio. I think cardio is a fantastic tool to increase your energy expenditure and make the process a little easier. Making sure you can eat a little bit more food. Um, you know, and some people just genuinely enjoy doing their cardio and that's sweet. And I'm one of those people that loves going for a run. So I don't have an issue in doing it. But there, the last two times I've stepped on stage as a, as a physique athlete, I haven't done any cardio and I've gotten the best shape of my life. Um, partly to prove a point that you don't need to do it. And, and also because when I'm in a calorie deficit, I'm working long hours. I'm trying to put all the energy I've got into my lifting. I just can't be asked with, with cardio and if you don't necessarily like it then you don't need to be doing much of it either but you just need to understand that there's a payoff for that and, and it's either going to be a slightly a slight reduction in calories uh, to eat lower than what you probably want to be eating and or increasing your energy output from working hard in the gym but if you're expanding energy from weights or you're expanding energy from cardio it's still energy that's being expended so the result is still going to be the same in terms of making your cardio exciting, I actually made a, a podcast, uh, not a podcast, an email about this just not long ago and I said, you know, you need to find a, a form of cardio that does excite you because that's what's going to keep you motivated. If, you know, you think that to lose fat, which is, this is, this is bullshit by the way, if you think to lose fat, you need to do a, 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 an incline walk on the treadmill for 45 minutes but you hate it, then why the hell would you do it every time you go to the gym? Whereas if you really enjoy getting on the rower and just going nuts and doing some intervals uh, or you enjoy pushing the sled or you enjoy going for a run or having a swim, then why not do the cardio that you actually enjoy? Um, to me, that is just an absolute no-brainer, but there is a lot of people out there that believe that there is certain ways that are far superior than others and they're willing to do it even if they hate it, which to me doesn't make sense because training should be enjoyable. It should be fun and something that you look forward to. So in terms of making excite cardio exciting, for me, the key is you know high-intensity interval training, um, things where I'm doing some form of resistance or I'm pushing or pulling some form of resistance for my cardio so things like tire flips like sled pushes medicine ball slams battle ropes dead mill sprints all that type of stuff i thoroughly enjoy so that's what i do for my cardio when i do it or i uh, I, I go for a run a couple more questions here how do you fight your cravings for uh quote-unquote bad foods um things like takeaway foods all that type of stuff now uh I actually don't, to be perfectly honest. Um, if I'm in, okay, I'll re rephrase that. So if I'm deep in a calorie deficit, I'm getting really lean and my calorie intake is quite low, I just don't see the point in wasting my calorie intake on something like uh, a burger or pizza or whatever. Uh, I, I look at my calorie intake like a budget, like a financial budget, and I try and spend it wisely. So uh, I'll choose nutrient dense. 
you know, high volume, low calorie foods to reach to reach my my calorie intake. But in saying that, if there is something that I'm craving, or when I'm in a calorie surplus, if there's something I'm craving, craving, even when I'm in a deficit, if there's something that I really want, I'll have it. I'll work it into my daily calorie intake, and then just go on about my business as usual as usual because. That's all there is to it. You don't need to cut out certain foods that you enjoy if you know that you can't go the rest of your life without them because that's not going to work. It's just a recipe for disaster and, and it's not sustainable. So I would highly recommend keeping the things you enjoy in your calorie intake in moderation, of course, if it is things that are really high in calories and just weighing up whether or not it's actually worth having it um, if you're going to have to eat basically stuff all for the rest of the day just so you can have that burger or just because you can have those chips. Um, but in the end of the day, if you want to fit it in and you can, then go for it. In terms of body composition, the results are going to be very similar, if not the same. Okay, we've got a couple more questions here. Um, let me see. I just really want to pick the best questions to make sure you guys uh, are going to get the most the most out of it. Uh, next question is, why do I prefer to do um, box squats instead of free squats? Now, I put up a post on my Instagram, on my Instagram not long ago. Uh, I switched to box squats a while ago. I just find a couple of reasons. One, I know that the depth is always going to be exactly the same because the box I use is always going to be the same height. Two, I actually feel it more in my my quads, hamstrings, and glutes compared to when I do astagrass squats um, with heavier weight. With heavy weight on an astagrass squat, I don't really feel it in the places I'm meant to feel it. I just feel like I'm moving the weight from A to B. And for me, I'm not a powerlifter. I don't need to do that. I want to build muscle mass. I want to increase my performance, improve my performance, sorry. So to do that, I'd rather go with an exercise that I actually have that mind-muscle connection, which for me is box squats. I think they're safer. I think most people can do them with good form. Um, they promote good form. Um, and, and yeah, I just thoroughly enjoy them more, which is why I do them. Because again, it comes back to that point I said before, if you don't enjoy the way you're training them, what, what is the point in doing it? So that's, that's why I go with box squats. Um, and, and it's the same with any exercise I do. If I enjoy it, I do it. If I don't enjoy it, then I just don't do it. Um, it is really that simple. Couple, I'm going to do a couple more questions because there is a couple more. Let me just, uh, let me just find what they are. All right. So last couple of questions now. Uh, for those that are just starting out tracking their macros and they want to eat a meal out, what's the best way to go about it? Uh, the best way to go about this is to just put in a, either a generic option and choose the option that you seem looks similar to the amount of calories that would be in the meal you're having. I always overestimate the amount so that if anything, you're going to be under your calorie intake and not over. Um, the other option is if you're eating somewhere that has a verified option in my fitness pal, you just go in and choose that and it's as simple as that. And the second part of that is always to make sure that if you know you're going to be going out for a meal is to track that meal early in the day and work the rest of your day around it to make sure you don't get to the dinner or the lunch and be feeling stressed out about the fact that you've only got a small amount of calories to work with until you go over your intake because you've already eaten the rest of them for the day. So you got to plan ahead. Um, that's always the key and, and as I said, always overestimate. And the last question that I'm going to go through before we, we wrap up this Q&A is especially around this time of the year, I think this is a great topic as well, is with the festive season coming up um, and in Australia, it's obviously getting warmer and warmer and the social side of things is starting to ramp up a bit, at least it is for me anyway, I don't know about you guys, um, is 
how to approach a day where you know you're going to be drinking and also how to approach the days following. So if I know I'm going to be having just a couple of drinks, then the first thing I'll do is actually just track it in my calorie intake and go on about my business as usual. That's It's as simple as that. Now, if I know that I've, let's say I've got a Christmas party and there's going to be more than a few drinks, I'm most likely going to overeat and, and the day is going to be, you know, a quote unquote write off, then I'm going to do as much as I can to minimize that damage on that day. So in the morning, I'll usually skip breakfast. I might have, um, or if anything, I may have a protein shake, just keep it really light. I'll have a coffee and skip my first meal out till a little bit later in the day. And then the meals that I do eat, I'll really try and stick to just protein and then uh, green vegetables or salad. I'll drink plenty of water. uh, And then when I'm out, even if I'm eating food that is calorie dense, I'll make sure I'm getting plenty of protein to at least try and reach my protein intake for that day. Um, and then in regards to drinks, I'll try and pick drinks that are going to be, um, I guess, the least, had the least effect in, or I guess the lower calorie drinks if I can. Otherwise, I just enjoy myself. This time of the year is meant to be enjoyed. Um, life's meant for living. You know, macros and gym are not, not everything. And it's really important to remember that. But it's also important to remember that if you're serious about your goals, then you need to plan around these events. And part of that is the day and the days following. Now, my opinion for my recommendation, sorry, for everyone is just to get back to your regular routine as fast as possible. So normal macros, uh, increase your water slightly, try and get as much sleep as you can. If you're meant to train the next day, then make sure you train. Do not skip it. You chose to to enjoy a few drinks, then you now you've got to put in that work um, and earn your results. But there's no need to go overboard. There's no need to go in and start doing excessive amounts of cardio because you feel bad. Uh, that's where that goldfish mentality comes in, which I tell my clients about is don't feel bad. Um, you had a good time. It's part of life. It doesn't matter. Your body is not going to automatically shut down because you had one day where you went over your calorie intake. Just go back to normal. Get your macros right. Train as hard as you can. If you had some extra food, put those calories to good use in that session and, and try and hit some PBs, but don't go out of your way to excessively overdo it because otherwise that that binge eating cycle is going to, to come about and you're going to create that bad or unhealthy relationship with food and drink, which we're trying to avoid, especially if you're following flexible dieting. So that's my opinion the day after. As I said, maybe slightly increase your water intake. But other than that, there's no need to go and do anything drastic. As I said, this time of the year is meant to be enjoyed, but you still can see results and you should still be seeing results. It's not an excuse to just say stuff that I'm going to start on January 1st. I, I, I put out the challenge to all of you that are listening right now that if you have a health and fitness goal, start now. Get ahead of the pack and start now, regardless of whether there's a few bumps along the way. It's it's gonna it's gonna happen. It's part of life. But you're gonna be one or two, maybe even three steps ahead of everybody else who's starting on January first if you get started now because there's no there's no special thing about January first. Let's be honest. How many people actually stick to the bullshit they tell themselves each year? And don't get me wrong, I'm a huge, huge, huge advocate of setting goals, specific goals. And January 1st can be a great time for some people that haven't been motivated to really get their mojo back and get into it. But um, let's be honest, if it's a goal for you now, then start now. What's the point of waiting? Why wait till tomorrow to do something that you can do today? And I'm a massive believer in that. So if you do have something that you want to achieve, then don't wait. I mean, fuck that. Just get started now. Uh, you'll be a few steps ahead of everyone else. But just know that if there's hiccups along the way, 
doesn't matter. Shit happens. That's how that's how it goes. No, you know, no path to success or path to achieving a goal is just on a linear pattern where it just goes straight up. There's always bumps in the road. You learn from it. You move on, and and that's what makes the success at the end of the road so much better. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this Q&A today. It's been fun to uh, actually record. I've enjoyed it and I'd love to do more of these. Obviously, I don't want to answer the same questions that I've answered previously, which I hope I haven't done today and I hope there's been some value for you guys listening. Um, but maybe maybe a few months into next year, I'll do another one and we'll see if we can get some different questions put together uh, for a Q&A. That'd be, that'd be quite fun. So uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you have enjoyed the episode, I ask you very kindly within the next... 30 seconds to take a screenshot of this episode on your phone, post it on your Instagram story, tag me, let me know what you thought of the episode, let's try and share the love, let's get that that ranking on iTunes and Spotify up nice and high so more and more people can, can find the podcast and hopefully take some value from these episodes and I hope you're having a fantastic week, fantastic day or night whenever you're listening to this episode and I'm looking forward to sharing next week's with you as well. Again, thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.